Blog Talk Radio. And happy May Day. Today is May 1st, and it is known as May Day. Uh, It's also known as Beltane, and it's also known as Global Love Day. This is Global Love Day every year on May 1st. We celebrate Global Love Day, and this is something that has come about thanks to the Love Foundation. And I'm very proud to be a love ambassador for the Love Foundation. And the vision of Global Love Day is that each May 1st is a symbolic day of unconditional love. And we call upon all people and all nations to gather together in the wisdom of peace and love. We all work in unity and harmony to bring this vision to manifestation. Global Love Day is the universal recognition of our innate oneness through love. It is our vision to unite one, pardon me, one and all in a celebration of love and compassion, joining people around the world in celebrating and expanding love. We are one humanity on this planet. All life is interconnected and interdependent. All share in the universal bond of love. Love begins with self-acceptance and forgiveness. With respect and compassion, we embrace diversity. Together, we make a difference through love. When we come from this limitless love, We naturally and easily embrace ourselves 
and our fellow humanity. Opening our heart, we allow unconditional love to be our guide and compassion to be our gift to life. I invite you to celebrate with us by consciously focusing on love and what it means to you throughout this day. We hope that by practicing love in all areas of your life, you will find it easy to love unconditionally all year long. The main theme of the Love Foundation explains it best. Love begins with me. And love does begin with all of us, with us, with our self, the self, and then continues like ripples in the water. And um, just a little bit about me. I am a psychic medium, Reiki master, teacher, practitioner. And I've seen in my work, I've seen so much in my work, people who just find it so difficult to love themselves, especially in my psychic work, because there are so many people who are looking for love, and they just, I don't know, they can't, they don't want to stop and take a look within themselves. They are looking outside themselves as of late. Uh, I'm getting a lot of calls from people who are asking if their ex-lovers are coming back, ex-boyfriends, you know, is my ex coming back? And I stop and think, why, if something didn't work, why would you want to go backwards? And the resounding question I get from my spirit guides is that this poor person is desperate for love. And they're looking outside themselves, and they don't have the self-esteem and self-confidence that they are lovable because they don't love themselves. And it's really, really sad. Each year I uh, try to have a Global Love Day gathering um, someplace, you know, if there's a, a local merchant or someone around here in Long Island who would be kind enough to dedicate or donate an hour's time of their space, and we would generally have a um, celebration there. Could not find one this year, so the next best thing, I do have access to radio, and the next best thing was, you know, have a radio show and have a place where people can call in and participate and speak about love. Hi, 516, you're on the air. Would you like to chat about love? Oh, sure. Hi, I'm Mary Ellen. How are you doing? Thank you for having this. Hi, Mary Ellen. Thank you. Um, I imagine that so many people, including myself, are uh, looking to resurrect an old love, I guess, an old relationship. Um yeah. Perspective could be perhaps they feel they would like to see how much they have grown. Uh, the separation apart has each person done their own soul work and see where they can 
meet up and embrace the change and the growth, perhaps? Well, that's a really great perspective. But unfortunately, that's not the reason these particular people are looking to go back to their loves. Right. Uh, what okay. is happening? A comfortable love to them. They know. They, they know. know. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, it just screams to me that this person doesn't love themselves because uh-huh. if they did, they wouldn't be looking back over their shoulder. And I mean, it's not like I broke up three weeks ago. It was, well, how long have you, you know, been apart? Oh, four years. You know, if you haven't had contact with somebody in four or five years, Pack it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely can convey with that. Um, but yet, I guess there's always a certain amount of uh, space that is held for curiosity to see where that person has grown or I don't know. I, I, I myself, even not in love partnerships or um, like an ex, my former son-in-law, I close enough my grandson, I hold hope for him to grow up and become a better person. Right. And I'm always right. curious and hopeful to hear. I want to right. hear the good things, you know. Um, so I guess that's where I'm coming from in all aspects of love, um, you know. Well, it's like I had a client yesterday. He came for a reading, and he had just broken up with his girlfriend. And he, they've been together for a couple of years, and he loves her very much. He still loves her, but... He's upset that um, she obviously got somebody else, and um, there are issues involved. He has he has a child, he has a daughter, he's divorced, but he has a daughter here in New York, and the girlfriend is in New Jersey, and she has a couple of children, and he wasn't really looking forward to moving there, but it was kind of in the back of his mind. Typical story. There was there was no communication between the two of them, and she pops up now with, you know, I'm done with you because she has a new boyfriend. And um, I could still feel the love between them because this isn't something that you know they met and they were together a couple of months or a year. They were together, I think, five years or something. And he said to me, "So what do I do? I, you know, I know she's gonna because she's since they broke up, she was texting him. He said, you know, well, what do I do? And I said, okay. Um, do I forgive her? And I said, of course you forgive her. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, if you unconditionally love yourself and if you love others, there's always forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But forgiveness doesn't mean that you then become a doormat, you know. There's there's a right. difference. Exactly. So I said, forgive her, but put up some boundaries. Put some boundaries in place. Exactly. And, and that's how you don't get hurt again. I mean, I've gotten hurt many times in my life, but when I finally learned that I could continue to love someone and I could forgive that person, however, I then placed firm boundaries. And boundaries are not walls, they're boundaries. Right. So, uh, go ahead. No, it's, I know, I I mean, that is something... Every human has to learn, and it takes hard lessons and stuff. Uh, and forgiveness is just not for that person. It's for yourself. And right. And the background, you remember what that, you remember the lesson, you know, and uh, if the person's repeating, 
the same, would you say, the bad habits or, you know, what what hurt you so bad that caused you to say, oh, I need these boundaries, you know, you need to reevaluate each each time this occurs and you say, like, you know, oh, you're further back, you push those, you know, and eventually they, you know, the boundary is so high that they can't, very hard for them to reenter. Um, I learned that. Well, they kind of have to be flexible boundaries, like, you know, um, bungee cord boundaries or whatever, because sometimes people don't know or they're not at a place in their own growth where they can realize and grasp the fact that they're hurting another person, that they're doing damage. Sometimes they just don't know. And maybe they're not going to get it this lifetime around. True. So you can't hold that against them either. Exactly. No, but that's when the light goes on and you say, uh, and then I can learn it this lifetime. Perhaps I'll meet them in the next lifetime and let exactly. it go. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's not being um, uh, self-serving. That's not being conceited or um, above Selfish that. or stubborn. Yeah. No, that that's actually being realistic and Honest, authentic. That's um, right. Good word, authentic. You know. I feel that if more people were more authentic, and, and this is years and years of having our minds twisted, so to speak, um, you know, we, we're just too afraid of rejection or too afraid um, of people to criticize us or judge us. So a lot of people have problems being authentic. Yes. No, I'm I'm certainly not one of them. <laughs> I mean, I was a chameleon for the first, I don't know, 25, 27 years of my life. It was a horrible existence. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be loved and liked so much by people because I grew up in a house where I was basically an only child. I had two older brothers, but they were way older than me, like 15 years older. And... Okay. Um, so I was very lonely as a child, and if I had friends who got mad at me and left me, it was traumatic. And um, so I would do anything anybody wanted. It was just unbelievable. If you didn't like me purple, I would change to yellow. If you didn't like me yellow, I would change to green. I would morph into any color you wanted me to be just so you would like me and be my friend and be with me. Mm-hmm. Imagine living like that for almost half your life. And then finally I had an epiphany in my 40s and said, I'm done. I'm just done. And um, I just decided to be me. And if I I lost a a lot of people in my life, so be it, because I was so tired and exhausted from trying to be what everybody wanted me to be. Me, Rose, I was lost. So, And ever since I did that, I never went back. (laughs) People-pleasing is absolutely exhausting it is and it there's no reward in it i mean the reward is so short-lived and you work so hard for it eventually hopefully people such as you and i say huh (laughs) you know yeah yeah because you realize like you said it is so exhausting you're exhausted all the time and when you think about it it's like why am i doing this you know, but then the whole self-esteem thing comes into it, 
and it's you know like they say it's easier said than done, but it can be done. Being wise is um, something to acknowledge. It's not that you're it's done without arrogance, and and you don't have to be very old to be wise. So there are old people who are not wise at all. Right. It's just knowing where people are in their life, acknowledging that, and it doesn't have anything to do with you, how they feel about things. It's how they are. And right. when you gather that concept, and it's very hard not to take everything personally. I mean, it still comes to me on certain levels. That shows that I have more work to do. And, right. You know, and it's so gratifying to realize that. And I enjoy seeing that in other people. I love hearing people's growth stories and um, where they have traveled, what's gotten them to wake up. And, you know, we are our own heroes and heroines. It's our own it's story. It's true. It, it's like... Uh... I have this saying I put up every so often when we uh talking about the knight in shining armor and whatever, and, and I'll post, uh, yeah, my knight in shining armor wears high heels because it's me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not waiting for any knight to come rescue me. I'm my own knight. And, um, you know, I, and that's the way I've grown over the years. And... Uh, I, I always talk about this book. I love this man. I love his writings, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. When he wrote The Four Agreements, and I read that cover to cover in about, I don't know, two hours, um, they make such perfect sense. The whole premise is we've been taught somebody else's dream, a dream. It's not our dream. We all have our own dreams, and we all make our own dreams, and the dream is our lives. And if you stick to the four agreements, you'll be fine. And one of the four agreements is don't take anything personally, Mm -hmm. which I love. Because nothing of this do is because of you. A lot of times we think so, but, you know, and what others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream, where they're living in the moment. And when you're immune to the opinions and the actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. I had gotten hurt many times in my life. Uh, And love, I should have given up on love a long time ago, the amount of times I've gotten hurt. But I finally realized that, well, wait a minute, why am I getting hurt? Because the things that were going on, we're not my doing. So, again, I shouldn't take it personally. It's not my doing. I never did anything hurtful to a partner or whatever. You know, whatever. Um, well, I did. You know, my divorce was interesting. But, uh, you know, there were times where I was on the receiving end of, of the hurt and it wasn't me. But then I realized, you know, I don't have to accept hurt because someone is exhibiting hurtful behavior. And uh, that was a game changer because when I thought about it, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not taking this on. 
this person is not in a place where they can realize that they're hurting me, and I just got to let it go, mm-hmm. let it go. And that's another thing a lot of us have trouble with, just letting it go, let it go, you know. Um, the letting it go thing is really fantastic, and it's funny because I I have multiple businesses. I had a business years ago that I that I had to close down, <clears throat> but <clears throat> I'll never forget. On my worst day of that business, I was sitting at the desk going, "Oh, this is terrible. It's just like ugh, I'm not happy. Things are not going well." So I decided to go take a nap. That was like total release and total surrender. And during that nap, a call came in, and who was it? It was uh, the owner of a large hotel out here uh, on Long Island. And he wanted me to, wanted my company to clean his home and assist his crew on weekends when they had big weddings and and things. Mm. And I was so excited. I'm telling you, I could not stop going to the bathroom. I was was just, I, I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't keep water in. It was like, oh, my God, and every, like, 15 minutes of excitement. I was like a dog. Tinkle here, tinkle there. And my husband came home, and I said, you're never going to believe the account we just got. Bottom line, it was the surrender that did it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we hold on to this is what I want, and it has to be that way, and a lot of that is just coming from the ego, um, it doesn't work. Very so, true. My new saying is, it's not what you want, it's not what I want, it's what is to be. And uh, just let it go. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. And it takes a lot of pressure off of you, takes a lot of stress, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the world is not... It's not Burger King, have it your way. It's going to be the way it's supposed to be for your own good. Like I saw something today earlier about, um, I think it's an article I have to go back and read. But it was like, look, this is, you know, we all hold on to what we want. But not necessarily what we want is for our best and highest good. Exactly. (laughs) And in our own blindness of ego we don't see that we just want what we want if you said to somebody um you know that very thing what you want is not good for you they're going to fight you tooth and nail because they want it and all they could see right now in the moment through their ego is desire and want but if you could show them at the same time this is what awaits you. If we had a crystal ball that worked like that, (laughs) then logically the person with the proof would then say, oh, okay, well, then I'll take it. I mean, yeah. But, um, yeah, this was uh, something here. I think it's an article that my uh, friend and colleague Pamela Cummins wrote. Um, God has a better plan than your expectation of, Quote, the right one. Yeah, I have to go read that. Pamela yeah. is wonderful. She's the high priestess of love, and it's, 
you know, I love her. But, um, yeah, you know, we want, we want, we want, but it's not necessarily good for us. Well, it sounds as if we, we do. We grew up in the age where we want instant gratification, have it your way, uh, all the commercials. Uh, we got microwave ovens, instant pleasure. Instant coffee, yeah. yeah. Right, instant coffee, exactly. You know, we started out, wow, we had the TV dinners and we had the the little TV trays that you sat in front of the TV, you know, and growing up in that time era. And now children nowadays, my God, they were born with all this remote control stuff and they know how to do this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, we, we consult the experts, the 10 and under crowd, to show us how to do new right. today's right. technology. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of it to... came from a lot of our parents grew up very poor. So they didn't want their children to grow up poor. They wanted to give everything that they didn't have to their children. Right. And the funny thing is it's generational. It carries over. But where does it carry over to ridiculousness when you have, you know, Children or, or young adults getting things that maybe we had to wait until we were in our 30s and 40s to get. You know, then it's overindulgence. And then there's the other thing where people who do have money give their children anything materialistic that they can, but as far as giving the child love, the emotional portion mm-hmm. of love, those children don't get that. And then that's as damaging as not giving them material things, you know. So everything is kind of off balance. Yeah. And um, parents who are divorced who give out of guilt, you know. But, again, give material stuff out of guilt. But are you giving the child love, affection, attention? Right. Not presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T, but presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Yes, you know, right, and right, being there for, and being there, present for your child, not being on the phone, nothing, or playing a game. Are you actually there, face to face? And it's a child right. there also, and it, it doesn't have to be a, a child and a parent. It's a partnership, friends. How how are you there for that person? You know, right. you can be I, there. My body's here. You know. Right. Like a father who goes and picks up a child or his two kids and, you know, maybe takes them to the park and instead of interacting with the children is on his cell phone texting for business reasons or whatever, ignoring the kids altogether. And the same thing well, could be a mom doing the same thing with same all thing. her. No, it, it doesn't have to be um, a male or female. It's just whoever is. Yeah, anyone. Care- Anyone. Like these people who go on dates and you see a couple at a table in a restaurant and they both have their phones out. It's like, really? (laughs) I mean, unless they're texting each other, which makes no sense if they're sitting at the same table. (laughs) Well, when I go out, people know I have people that I take care of, you know, elderly. And I do have certain people I need to respond to. Other than that, my phone is off. 
to I'm present there. But they know, given my job, this is a priority, and I need to be available for these people. That's understandable. But that, if somebody, you know. And I explain that to people. And even yeah. when I'm working, I know there are people who, when I'm, I'm there with my client when I'm taking care of somebody. Uh, I don't sit there and have phone calls. or I mean, I will text if it needs to be. Uh, I'll be on social media because I'm looking for things to stimulate my client and right. share that. But it's not, you know, you need to be there for that person. And then again, you need your own time just to rejuvenate yourself. So you can be there for that person. That's why it's very important to take 15-minute breaks. And, uh, you know, like people who smoke have to go outside and smoke. And that's not something I do. But yet, because I don't smoke, I, you know, people would look at people who don't smoke and say, well, where are you going? Well, I need a 15-minute break just for me. And we don't do that. Right. People who do the unhealthy thing of smoking, they get out right. and do that, and they're polluting the air, but they're still out. And it amazes me how they're out there when it's uh, 20, minus 20 degrees, no blowing. Or, or I was eight, one of them eight. until 2000. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have to say I never tasted that, and uh, it amazes me the amount of addiction in, in something like that that people go out in that weather and well because if they don't go out in that weather and get a hit they're going to kill somebody so <laughs> big you know, difference <clears throat> i like i like my sweets uh mm-hmm. or salt and i have purposely tested myself in the very bad weather and i've left them purposely in the car i'm going to experiment with myself if i that desperate, like a cigarette smoker. I don't like, I, believe me, I've had that craving, and I look at that weather, I go, nah, not worth it. <laughs> it's not now, worth see, it. it's not an addiction. The addiction will, not, will cause you to do yeah. anything to get yeah. to the thing that you are addicted to, you know. Right. And the, speaking of love, you know, how many addicts, are destroyed because even they don't have love for themselves. If they loved themselves totally and fully and completely, they wouldn't do that to themselves. But out the window, because addiction is such a horrible thing. It It, it is. And um, and the enabling yep. of that addiction, whether it be, uh, it, it, you know, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be drugs. It could be the alcohol. It could just be somebody with a mental illness, uh, and and I call it being held hostage. People yep. who are afraid of this person, being mad at them for doing the thing, the very thing that needs to be done, uh, and that can help this person. Uh, I'd much rather have that person ever talk to me again and be healthy, rather than see them being in constant pain and causing such havoc in the family. Um, right. So right. You, you, that's love. That's a different type of love. You know, it's, um, where is it coming from? What was the intention? That's a lot of things to look at. 
Exactly. Mary Ellen, hang on the line a second. I want to read this, the initial vision of uh, the founder, Harold Becker, and then we'll we'll get back to talking about love. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, this is such a great foundation that started, and I'm proud to say I am with them as a love ambassador since 2008. And um, this is an open letter from the founder, Harold Becker, back in 2004. The Love Foundation is delighted to announce its first annual Global Love Day. It was the first annual Global Love Day in 2004. With this year's theme of Love Begins With Me. Join people from around the world as we acknowledge, celebrate, share the love we have within. This is a special day of recalling that love is the link that binds us all. It is also the awesome power that heals and transforms everything it contacts. Each of us is a potent force of love when we allow this energy to express itself. There is nothing we have to ultimately do. Rather, we need only allow ourselves to feel and be love. It's that simple. Global Love Day is merely our way of saying, let's remember love is ours to be and to share every moment of our lives. We understand This day is a symbol of what we can do every day of the year. Our intent is to join together in a conscious recognition that love is always present. For so many, love is often hidden under layers of hurt, trauma, drama, pain, and suffering, emotional memories, unspoken doubt, fear, resentment, and a multitude of old beliefs often keep us from realizing these thoughts and feelings have no real power over us. We give them power by living in the past and being afraid of the future. We ignore the love that is present every moment while embracing limitations. It is time to change that. It is time to release ourselves from our own self-created bondage. You and I have the opportunity to make the difference together. We can embrace our unlimited self the part of us that knows love and expresses it naturally and simply. It is when we accept ourselves just to who we are that we transform the moment into peace, security, joy, and love. This process begins with releasing our limiting beliefs, past mistakes, lack of self-worth, pride, and ego through the conscious act of forgiveness. It is up to us as individuals to undertake this journey. We begin the transformation when we turn within and accept ourselves. We change the world when we change our perspective. As we come to know who we are and why we act and react the way we do, we start to see ourselves in the faces of humanity. The reflection of hurt is our hurt. Their pain is our pain. Another anger is our anger. It is also seen in the face of nature. Her destruction is our destruction. These seemingly random expressions are our past thoughts seeking manifestation. It is our constant reminder that love is the answer. We build a new reality in this current moment when we let go. When we choose love over fear, kindness over hate, integration over separation, and peace over war, we bring a new reflection to humanity, our loving selves. So please accept our invitation of love, 
Join us hand in hand as we share our love on this planet once again. And I'm just going to continue with Harold's address for 2016. Welcome, dear friends, to Global Love Day 2016. Like a sparkling sunrise beckoning us to explore our boundless potential, a fresh new beginning is emerging on our exquisite earth. Around the world, our collective heartbeat is starting to pulse in unison, ushering in the timeless reminder that we are one humanity on this planet. We are linking across the globe in our in in ways we never dreamed of, while simultaneously connecting to our very own heart center at a depth never imagined. These inner and outer connections are synchronizing at a pace that seem to defy our comprehension, and yet, day by day, we are rising to this call of love. The quantum simplicity is in knowing that all life is interconnected and interdependent and that choices we make in our thoughts and feelings affect the whole. We are realizing we have the power to change in the very fabric of life by the way we choose to live. And we, and when we share in the universal bond of love, all life benefits. We are here today to celebrate loving presence, a loving essence that flows through each of us, igniting our combined creativity and ingenuity with courage and strength and through self-acceptance and forgiveness, we are healing generations gone by and those yet to come. We are building the foundation for our children so that they may walk a path of peace, grace, and harmony in ways we never have. It is with the utmost respect and compassion that we embrace the diversity that makes all of us unique. Our grand tapestry is woven with infinite colors, and each strand is vital and equally essential. We are turning on our inner light and revealing the ever-changing kaleidoscope of bright and brilliant possibilities and allowing the collaborative nature of our being to come forth. We are making a difference through love. This is clearly evident, especially when we recognize it is our own heart beating, expanding and embracing the world around us. This is our gift to life. Being a presence of love right where we are. With gratitude for your courage to share your love so beautifully, I welcome you to our 13th celebration of Global Love Day. Harold, love, light, and peace. Harold Becker, founder uh, and president of the Love Foundation. And that's this year's address. So I love the Love Foundation. I can't tell you how much that I do love this whole initiative, this whole thing that's going on. It's great because um, the world needs more love. Absolutely. And it's really simple. It's really simple. You know, we really shouldn't complicate it, but sometimes we're so used to complicating things, people just can't grasp the simple things in life anymore. (laughs) It it ain't that hard. No, it's not that hard. However, when... When I'm, like, really in my center, here's somebody going on and on and on and how hurt they are. And and they hurt others. People who are hurt hurt others, no doubt. Oh, hurt people uh, hurt others, yes, very deeply. Yes, and, I'm go, and they say, you know, you hurt the ones you love the most because it's safe in a sense. And I'm like, wow, you know, in my past, they wow, 
I have been loved. I have really been loved by others. And then I sit back and I think, I go, I want to ask that person who hurt you so much. Who hurt you so badly? And what can be done? You know, how can I help you to love you, to love yourself, to embrace that other? Yeah, the unfortunate end of that is that the person has to do it when they're ready. You can't, <clears throat> you can't make exactly. a person love themselves. Right. Sad, exactly. but yeah. But you know, it's like this is the inside of me, and I'm like, they're not ready to hear this. How I would love to plant the seed, and you know, when you plant that seed, and hopefully get the time to grow. Well, definitely plant the seed because the seed you're planting is love. So it's not a bad seed. So, you know, you plant that seed there and eventually you know it's going to grow at some point. So planting seeds is great. Yeah. Whereas the old me was like I would get so caught up in there. Oh, my God, how could they do that to you? And And be so empathetic and, like, get into their lives and feel it. Whereas now I know, like, oh, I'm, I can't feel that. I can't take on that pain, but I, I can understand it. There's a different, uh, you know, oh, yeah. get, get rid of that codependency. Uh, you, you uh, not to enable, to empower. And right. um, that is a big thing that I learned, a big, big life lesson for myself. And... Even to the point where cutting off certain relationships of people who were enabling me, and I, I said, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be enabled. I want to empower. And and people didn't understand, but I've always, but you've always let me do this for you. Or blah, 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 blah. You always can't. I said, yes, I've grown up. Thank you so much. But I can manage this now. Thank you you for being there in the past. I'm so grateful. I could not be where I am today. And it, I'll tell you, the people who enable were not happy that I put up that boundary of empowerment. Oh, no, they, they never I, are. They right. could not. They had a hard time with me disengaging from that enabling of the codependency right. to the empowering. Oh, oh yeah. you no longer, it's like the typical mother, you no longer need me. <laughs> you know, the empty nest syndrome. And you know, be happy that your child can fly and you gave them the wings, you taught them, you know, uh, move on to better things. You know, be happy for your child. See, we're all so insecure because it's like, oh, then you're not going to need me anymore. You're abandoning me. Instead of seeing it in a positive light, you know, exactly. they see it in a negative light. <laughs> Right, and like you know, there were you know there were so many others you could use your enabling, but you turn it into empowering. Go go volunteer at a a senior center, or you know you're so good at this. Share share your knowledge, you know. Share it. Um, there are so many people who could benefit from your nurturing. It, 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 just to play on the words, 
opens up people's eyes, the heart, their their capabilities also. Right. Um, you know, I the, sometimes I just want to say something, and I go, I know I'm not going to say it right. I have to get the right words. And even though all my life it's been pretty much what I have have always been in my soul, but I have grown so. Ways, different ways I've said it over the years, it's become softer, it's not so threatening, and people hear it better. Well, you know the old saying, practice makes perfect. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I grew up in a house where... um, I got no emotional support. As a matter of fact, I didn't know until years later when I went into therapy, uh, right before my divorce, um, I never knew I was emotionally abused. And uh, that's what my therapist had picked up. And he said, you know, you've been abused. And I I sitting across him and going, no, there was no crazy sex stuff going on or no beatings and no violence and And he looked at me with such a deadpan look on his face, and he said, no, Rose, you were emotionally abused. Yes. And I thought about it for like 30 seconds and then just busted out crying. It hit home. He said, all you ever wanted was someone to love you. And you never got that. Oh, that went deep. That was like, oh, my God. And that was like the turning point. And then after that, uh, you know, more more work and more self-development work and whatever. And then um, I'll never forget, I was in my office one day, and it was like, I was really, it was at the lowest ebb of my life. I felt so alone. I felt so messed up that, you know, my marriage had broken up. And I'm like, nobody loves me. No one. Nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And all of a sudden, I felt this light come over me like a triangle. I'll never forget this experience. It was mind-blowing. felt this, this triangle of light come over me, and I heard, I love you. And it was like, God, divine source, whoever, uh, whatever. Such a beautiful, warm feeling. I'm like, okay, so God loves me. This I now have proof of. And if God loves me, I should love me. And I am loved. End of story beginning of Rose's new life. And um, I never forgot that feeling. And uh, I've been, you know, ever since, wonderful, fixed, healed, all is good, you know. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was like, it was just, uh, I wish people could get that feeling. I wish I could package it and give it to someone, but unfortunately... I can't, but, um, you know, like you said, you plant the seeds. You, you, you try and lovingly guide people, and you trust that at the right time they will get the message and that will then open them up, and they'll realize self-love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a show on Friday afternoons that's called Readings with Rose, Coincidentally, last year, May 1st, was on a Friday. So during the show, I would say, you know, hi, you're on with Rose, and do you love yourself unconditionally? And people would bust out laughing. And I think maybe because they were uncomfortable with the concept that it had never dawned on them, but uh, 
it was it was kind of uncomfortable for them. And some people said yes, and um, some people, you know, just laughed. And uh, yeah, you know, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's also as I've gotten older and I deal with the senior population. It is so important to uh, look at how people show their love and to understand their generation. And um, in my family, I grew up in a house of silence. Uh, you were told you weren't allowed, you shouldn't brag. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. So, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah. So there was no praise, no direct praise. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. So I'm like, so therefore, actions speak louder than words. I grew up in a house of silence. There'd be a grunt, a groan. Okay, what kind of grunt is that? What kind of groan is that? The sound of silence, that song, I cannot tell you how that resonates with me. And... Then, you know, growing up, I said, okay, why can't this, you know, why can't they show love to me? I heard from other people, oh, 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 yes, your parents are so proud about this or whatever. I'm like, well, why can't they tell me directly? That praise would mean, that would make me shine. And I'm 62 years old, and I'm still waiting. So I have to take the indirect compliments and take them because my evidently they are not capable of telling me directly. Right. And, um, but this, I have you know, like I have to find the way to get what I need also in this relationship of my family because no one else is going to do it, no matter how much I put out there, this is what I need, they're, I have to realize they're not capable of doing that. So there, exactly. there is balance, too, and we, there is some responsibility within the relationship, no matter whom it's with, if, if, if you're the um, one who is more aware, uh, more insightful, mm-hmm. to look for the people who are not insightful, how they love. And we have, you know, rather than going around, well, I never got this, I never got that. How do they show that? So, like, it's kind of like a puzzle that I've had to put back together and find the pieces. And I need that piece before my parents move on to the next part of their life. And uh, it's very important. Also, so that's what another life lesson I have learned about love. And another one is compassion. Um, I think because mm-hmm. I was missing a lot of love in my life, um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of compassion for others, and it breaks my heart to see people going through things that I know they don't really have to go through if they would just, you know, uh, change their mindset or love themselves more. Um, or love of themselves from the get-go, um, they wouldn't have to suffer so much. I cannot stand to see another human being suffer. And, um, you know, 
it's difficult, but at least there are those of us who are doing something to make a difference. And as, you know, Harold said in his 2016 address, you know, we're really moving towards um, making a difference here. And it's getting better, um, better and better each year. So, you know, and a lot of times in the work I do, I happen to see the bad side of everything a little bit too much. And uh, it gets a little overwhelming. But I know that for as much bad as there is out there and, and lack of love, as each one of us keeps going day by day and putting that love vibe out there and talking about love and explaining love and and um, sharing love, uh, it's got to get better. just got to get better. Yes, I agree with you. And the way technology is today, that love can grow even faster. Uh, yeah. People who are stumble across one of the posts, and it hits them, and it hits them at their core. And it's a seed that is planted and grown into, like, Jack and the Beanstalk the next day, that big tree and the growth, and everything falls into place, and the awakening for them. Ah, it's amazing. Well, I have to say I'm very happy that I am the administrator, creator, and owner of the Love Wall page on Facebook. I've had the Love Wall page for maybe since 2010, and I also have the Love Wall group. And we put up messages of love on on the walls, and people gravitate to them. And, yeah, I have a couple of stories of people who really found themselves and and got on the right track and, uh, you know, really prevailed because of the Love Wall page and the Love Wall group uh, made them feel so good. We had one guy, he was on the verge of committing suicide, and um, he visited the wall, and we all kind of, you know, uh, shored him up and, you know, sent him love and embraced him and, and helped heal him, and he was so thankful for that. It was like one of the greatest stories that, I ever was able to be a part of and share. Unfortunately, he passed away just when the poor guy, you know, like opened up and whatever, he had passed away from a heart issue. But, you know, at least he he went out happy and loving himself, whereas, you know, a year or two prior, he wasn't in that place. Well, what a wonderful gift that he, that you, you know, was given to him and how he could share it in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think of all the lives he touched and people who saw the difference in him and I'm sure yeah. he shared that story tremendously and touched so many lives. And now yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't you know, save like, the world in one fell swoop, but it's like if you, no. if you set a bucket outside empty yeah. and it starts to rain, each drop of rain that fills that bucket is going to wind up you're going to wind up with a full bucket. And it's the same thing with love. Each drop of love that we send out, eventually we'll have a full bucket. <laughs> I agree. Um, but think think of the amount of people that who tell his story. And you're so touched on it. He had such a short, um, happy life, I guess you could say. His, you know, peaceful. Yeah. He lived yeah. in turmoil. For all those years, that's 
to me is more of a um, um, tension grabber, like, wow, than hearing somebody who lived for 75 years like that. You know, it's more a, a grasper for people. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I ran out. I ran out copies of the page during that time. I have them. Uh, I saved them because it really tells the story, and I'm I'm so glad that I have that to look back on. But um, yeah, I mean, he he came to us. He was so distraught, and mm-hmm. he just was so happy for all the love he received from that page, and it really turned him around. And it was a beautiful thing. So um, I I have goosebumps up and down my entire body just hearing about that. And oh, what a beautiful, beautiful story and the gift that yeah. he's given from that. Each time yep. that he shared, that is amazing. Yeah, and you know, out of like I have a friend says, out of evil comes good, out of good comes evil, and it's true. I mean, like I said, I grew up in a very bigoted, prejudiced household. It was, it was just, it was horrible, and I, I just, I couldn't stand to hear that kind of talk in my house. And at a young age, I made up a story that I knew was going to blow my father's mind about a girl who came from a family of color. And I said, oh, you know, she's going to school here. And my father was such a white, 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 you know, pro-white person. And oh, that can't be. And, oh, I researched it, and I, you know, and just to see the look on his face when finally he believed me was worth it. Because mm-hmm. that was my way at 10 years old saying, ha, ha, all your hatred, your bigotry, your prejudice isn't going to protect you. That's true. So, it's, it's ignorance. It's no wonder I'm, I'm uh, doing what I do. And do the uh, the psychic work, and I do the uh, I do Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher, and I do healing work, and I'm working with the Love Foundation because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm very happy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to look for those uh, love Facebook pages. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, the love them. wall. Just if you put in the love yep. wall, it'll it'll come up. Okay. Ariel, I thank you so much for being here with me, and I I love chatting with you. But I gotta leave. My hours up. Have a lovely Global Love Day. I will. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone who's listening, I wish you a beautiful Love Day, Global Love Day. And know this.